Many of us are paying more attention on where our fruits and veggies come from and how they are grown. What about meat? Welcome to the Nutrition Tips Podcast. This is Gloria Sang, Editor-in-Chief for HealthCastle.com. Joining me today is journalist and author David Kirby, author of the book Animal Factory. He is here today to review some shocking facts behind the meat and dairy farming system in the country and how these factory farms may threaten our health. Thank you for joining me, David. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Now, in your book, you said the idea of the old McDonald's farm is a thing of the past and the CAVO is the new form. What exactly is CAVO? CAVO is a government designation. It stands for Concentrated Animal Feeding Operation. Most people know that as a factory farm. Uh, I almost prefer the term factory farm. At least it has the word farm in it. Uh, To think that you're getting your food from a concentrated feeding operation is kind of Orwellian, really, and uh, it says a lot because they cram hundreds or thousands of animals into very small spaces that are not healthy for the animals or the workers and generate massive amounts of, of manure and, and waste that is typically liquefied, stored for a while in a lagoon that can off-gas and cause air and water pollution, and then sprayed onto fields uh, where it's often over-applied and uh, you get runoff and uh, over-nutrification of waterways and fish kills. Now, from your description, I can clearly picture how the, what the environmental impact. What about the health of the animals? Do you have any data about you know, how healthy or unhealthy these animals are? Uh, yes, there is more and more data emerging. One of the biggest problems is over-reliance on antibiotics, of course, to promote growth and stave off disease, uh, but that does lead to the emergence of antibiotic-resistant disease, which can be passed on to humans, including uh, MRSA, M-R-S-A. The other problem is when animals are crammed together, uh, and of course, (laughs) it's very hard to to scientifically measure the psychological well-being of an animal, uh, but you can imagine that it's miserable for them. And I'm a, I mean, I, I, I like animals, and when I see a cow in a mega dairy, uh, it looks pretty miserable to me uh, compared to a cow that is out on pasture with her calves uh, eating grass and taking in fresh air and sunshine. However, we can measure some of the health effects, and there are studies that show that animals kept in confinement in concentrated numbers uh, fed a, a steady ration of feed that's not really what they were meant to eat. Um, and there's a lot of uh, aggression and fighting because of the overcrowding, they get stressed out. And when animals get stressed out, just like us, their immune systems become compromised. And of course, they're also often overdosed on antibiotics and vaccines and things like that. So they are more prone to disease, uh, certain diseases at least, and infections. And also we're now learning that um, stressed out animals with immune problems are more likely to shed the pathogens that they're carrying. In other words, more likely to infect other animals and humans uh, in the the transportation and the carrying and feeding of the animals. Now, so you mentioned about the use of, you know, antibiotics and, you know, the health conditions of these animals. How are these conditions impact our health, you know, being meat and dairy consumers? Well, I just wrote a piece for the Huffington Post uh, recently about the egg recall, 
that's making headlines. And uh, in it, I, I, I talk about how these overcrowded conditions can lead to infections. Um, in this case, it may have been bad feed, but that feed was given to millions of or thousands of birds that produced millions of eggs. Uh, free-range chickens, or free-range is not a very good term, let's say humanely raised, sustainably raised, or, or organic chickens have the opportunity, again, to go outside of their confinements, eat more natural food, or a diet that is generally the farmer takes greater care in, in the diet of the bird. That's not to say that they cannot get diseases, but a factory farm chicken is more likely to contract some type of infection. That's why the reliance on antibiotics is so heavy in the factory farms, whereas in a traditional farm, a sustainable farm, the chickens are healthier in general and, and don't need these drugs. Um, but the other thing, of course, is even if you get an outbreak of salmonella in a small flock on a sustainable farm, you're talking about a couple hundred chickens or a couple hundred eggs or a couple thousand eggs. Mm -hmm. In this case, it was 380 million eggs. So the sheer volume of infection is just so overwhelming. And these poor chickens, they were infected with salmonella in their ovaries. So the eggs were becoming infected before the shells even formed uh, to, you know, help protect them from such things. And uh, there's just nothing you can do about that. Uh, you can't get the salmonella out of the egg once it's in. Um, we also have seen mad cow disease emerge from mega dairies in the United States. We've seen MRSA, uh, commercial pig farmers uh, infected with MRSA, the uh, drug-resistant staph infection that kills more people in this country than AIDS now. And we are seeing, I believe, swine flu, the H1N1 virus, evolved out of a hog factory, possibly in Mexico. Now, it's not that easy to picture dairy products. How is organic milk produced? Well, uh, it's funny you should ask because the FDA is finally strengthening the regulations to make sure that milk and dairy products labeled as organic, uh, that that animal was out on pasture for a certain minimum of time. There's a current loophole in the law, and a couple of big dairies have been caught, uh, basically what they do is they keep their cows in a factory farm setting but feed them organic grain. Uh, often that organic grain is imported from China where, you know, we just don't know if the standards are, are the same or not. But regardless of what they're eating, they're still living in a factory farm. And organic should mean that the cow is out on pasture, uh, grass-fed. Organic milk is sweeter. I believe it tastes better. It, it has more... Uh, Grass-fed beef and milk have higher levels of vitamins and, and antioxidants and even certain cancer-fighting substances and higher levels of um, saturated fat, um, the, the, the healthier fat. I, I don't know if I got that right. But um, the, uh, the dairy cows, um, uh, the grass-fed cows, to be organic under the new rules that will go into effect very soon, a cow has to be kept out on pasture, I believe, something like 160 days a year. So that's a vast improvement. But uh, once that, basically, most organic dairy farmers are very scrupulous. And even if you go to the supermarket and buy organic milk, for the most part, it's going to be from a cow that spent a good deal of time out on pasture. Now, of course, you know a lot of these farms are in Wisconsin and Vermont, and you can't keep the cows outside. 
in the winter time there, so they do have to come in. Well, there's so much that we don't know about meat and dairy production. So, in a nutshell, what can we do as you know a consumer? Well, you can look for certain labels that are out there, and everybody has their own standards and how strict they want to get. Obviously, certified organic is pretty good. It's also very expensive. There's another label called Certified Humane, which meets a minimum standards of, of respect for the animal's well-being. I, I think the Certified Humane label is pretty good. Uh, the strictest label, which is arguably even stricter than the organic label, which is new, is called the Animal Welfare Approved Label. Uh, if you go to animalwelfareapproved.org, there's lots of information there. Uh, and they're a very good group of people, and then they require... Uh, all kinds of things that are not only healthy for the animals but, but better for the environment and to support family farming as opposed to these large-scale corporate-backed factory farms. And you can also do little things. You take baby steps. If Listen, this, this food is expensive, and times are tough. And, and I'm not out you know, preaching to people that they have to completely switch over their diet overnight, but make small steps. Eggs, for example, you know, commercial eggs cost maybe $2 a dozen, uh, humanely raised eggs cost $4 a dozen. Uh, organic eggs in my store in New York cost $5 a dozen. Now, that's, that's you know, two times the price or more. And yet I would rather spend, you know, 60 cents on my omelet knowing that the bird was raised humanely and the food quality is higher than 30 cents. So that's a, a little thing you can do. You can certainly join the movement, uh, Meatless Mondays, where you go one day a week without eating uh, meat products. You can also um, cook differently. Instead of having a steak, uh, slice up that steak into little ribbons and serve it, say, with a arugula salad so it's more of a side dish than, than the main course. Uh, you can do the same thing with chicken breasts. And um, also just uh, look for uh, manager specials in the store. I often do that. I'll go into the supermarket just to see what's on special. And if they have organic chickens marked down, I'll get one or two of them and maybe take them home and freeze them, but I'm getting a really good value. Great information, David. To check out more about David's book, go to his website, animalfactorybook.com. Thank you for joining me, David. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We've been talking to journalist and author of Animal Factory, David Kirby. For more healthy eating tidbits and information about this show, go to healthcastle.com. <laughs> 